Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater, popcorn, and other movie snacks such as fiery, flaming hot Cheetos, which I don't know that they sell in the movie theater, but it fits the theme of fire and a burning building. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us again, his triumphant return after two weeks away and a new and welcoming a new living human being into this world is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Malhorn. David, how you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah. You feeling you feeling rested? Yeah, you know, I'm I've been fortunate. Baby's sleeping, so uh I'm 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 happy about that. Yes. That's why I'm here because the baby's sleeping. Put the baby down, get in and, and do the podcast. Uh, it's uh, the dedication. I, I feel before we even get into this, I feel that people need to understand that sometimes the logistics that it takes to get us in the same room with all of the travel that we do and all of the responsibilities and family that you have, maybe me not so much. I, I, I don't have too many responsibilities. I don't have two children and a wife to take care of. But it's it's tricky sometimes. It's genuinely tricky sometimes. There's, so. a, there's a lot of 10 o'clock Thursday night showings that I see these movies. There are, yes. The, indeed, indeed there are. But but we're happy to have you back as always. And, 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 and you know if it's ever difficult then we have a, an army of good movie buddies willing to uh, to true. to be our guest good movie buddies but i'm glad that we're back and i'm glad that you're back in the chair uh because we're talking about future president Dwayne the Rock Johnson and his newest his newest uh, to me feels like he's just throwing back to the 90s with these mm -hmm. films in skyscraper that's what we're talking about today. This is his second film of the year after Rampage came out earlier, which I think was March or April or something like that. And to me, it really feels like The Rock is just kind of kind of emulating the the old school movie star patterns that, that used to happen in the 80s and 90s. Like when Schwarzenegger was making movies, like you didn't care what he was doing. It's Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger versus you know, militia, Schwarzenegger versus an alien, Schwarzenegger gets pregnant. Like, that's kind of what The Rock is right now. Did Schwarzenegger you know? get pregnant? Yeah, in Junior. Oh, that's right. With Danny that's DeVito, right. one of his two Danny DeVito movies. Schwarzenegger right. is twins with Danny DeVito, you know? That's right. Schwar that's Schwarzenegger fights Christmas. Whatever it may be, you know, that was one of the charms of old, old, old movie stars was we're there to see the movie star. Um, and that kind of faded away, I think, with... You know, kind of moving into the 2000s with comic book films and higher concept films where people now go to see movies, not necessarily based on the stars, but more based on the characters um, or even or even um, the, the, the filmmakers themselves, I think. More so now than ever, people want to go see a Christopher Nolan movie. People want to go see a a Steven Spielberg. Well, Steven Spielberg's always been the case, but, you know. The creative force, a new Marvel movie, you know, the the forces behind the movies oftentimes are more attractive nowadays than the movie stars. But not uh, not true of The Rock. I think The Rock is very much in the point of where, and I know we've had this conversation before, but I'll see anything The Rock's in. I genuinely believe you put, you put The Rock in anything and it's interesting. Like, are you remaking Driving Miss Daisy with The Rock? I'm interested. You know, are you... Are you doing Pretty Woman, but The Rock is in it? I'm interested. Any remake, any existing IP, any non-existing IP, whatever. If The Rock's in it, I'm in I'm immediately interested. Um, and I think that that's good for this movie because he is clearly the best part of this movie. For sure. I, I mean, mean <laughs> he's, he's... It's him, Nev Campbell, the fiery building, and then everybody else in last place. Pretty much. <laughs> Go I ahead. Mean, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, I mean... Even even the way they went about this movie in general, I mean, The Rock is. I feel like he's in ninety percent of the movie. Sure. Like, there's not many scenes where there's no Rock. Sure. So, and and I mean, that's kind of what you expect when you go into a movie and you have The Rock, and no one can probably name anybody else in the film. Maybe Nev Campbell. Nev if Campbell. You still remember her from. Yeah. Back when she was relevant, Party of Five and Scream and The Craft, and you can, if you name me other any other Nev Campbell movie, you'll impress me. And again, those were what 
90s. 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 <laughs> no, but she's great in this movie, too. Absolutely. Like, no, she does a great job. That's not a knock on Nev Campbell. It's no, not at all. Nev Campbell hasn't been doing anything no. for a long time. Nope. She has, she's not, you know, she's not, yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, so I've kind of broken this down, this movie down. I kind of wanted to talk about this movie in five specific elements. And I feel like these are very, I don't know why for this particular movie, this feels like we can do this. Because maybe maybe you can do this for every, I mean, you can do this for every film. You break down the, the pieces of a film, you know, the actors, the 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 filmmaking talent behind the camera, the concepts, the themes, you know, that's just general basic film criticism 101 but i've i wanted to approach this from five specific standpoints um which is the rock the good guys the disaster the bad guys and then any other miscellaneous stuff so that's kind of how that's how my brain processed this movie i don't know why it compartmentalized better for this than it did say like an ant-man and the wasp or even a fucking rampage um but yeah, for some reason, this was really easy for me to break all down all of these aspects. Maybe because some of them are really good and the others are really bad. And maybe it's that separation that allows me that allowed me to kind of think of it this way. Um, but first and foremost, obviously, talking about The Rock. Um, we, I, we just got done talking about how he's he's a true blue movie star. International... Uh, I wrote in our review, which you can find on popcorndietpodcast.com. Like, you put this guy in a movie, and it makes international dollars. You put him in G.I. Joe, it makes almost $400 million. You put him with Kevin Hart, it makes almost $300 million. It, the, the Fast and Furious franchise has made over $4 billion total since he joined. Like, the guy brings, puts butts in the seats. And he's a big, big, strong movie star. But in this movie... They take great leaps to make him more of an everyman. Um, do you think that worked? Do you think for all of the li quite literal handicapping that they did for The Rock, did it work? So here's my issue with with what they tried to do, because it was very evident that they were trying to make him, like you said, more of an everyman. Absolutely. He's still ginormous. <laughs> yes. Like, you can put suits on him all you want, but he still looks massive. No wife, no wife beater for this diehard no. clone. Um, so you have that. Yep. Second, it's not like you gave him, like, a like he's a paper pusher or something like that. Like, he's ex-military. Sure, so he's ex-FBI. He's got skills. So it's not like he's some incapable person that doesn't know how to shoot a gun. Like, sure. that you're Not only that, but this. he's he's... Of, of the things that people can do in this world, on the on the low end of the spectrum is a paper pusher. Right in the middle is a New York City beat cop like John McClane. Sure. He's capable enough, but, but further down the spectrum is a special forces FBI tactical guy. Like, that guy knows shit like, more than a John McClane. And, and they tried to play up the whole... Like, I'm done with guns. I put my sword like I, down. I put my sword down. Like, all of that kind of yeah. stuff. It doesn't take very long for him to pick up his sword again. Even quite literally pick up his sword <laughs> at one Which point Which we movie. will get into more in spoilers. But God, yes. I was. That's what I'm talking I wanted more of that shit. Like, um, for sure. But yeah, like, I, I agree that I do think that he did play it more vulnerable. He certainly yeah. played it more vulnerable. Sure. He showed more... I mean, me and my dad saw this movie together. Papa Williamson, he's been on the podcast before. And we kind of leaned over to each other at the same time. I think it was when he's outside. A lot of the big sequence in this film have already been spoiled in the previews. And so there's the scene where he's outside the building on the window, right? And we kind of looked at each other and we're like, man, The Rock is acting his ass off. Like, like The Rock plays this and i i know is dwayne the rock johnson he's dwayne johnson but we're gonna call him the rock like he will always be the rock to us so i mean no disrespect by that number one but like he's he's showing determination he's uh, like he's acting like this is tough this is hard this is this is taking everything out of him and to his credit I think he crushes it. Like, I think in terms of his performance, he's great. But as you said, you can be the greatest performer in the world. It doesn't change the fact that you're a 350-pound bald Samoan with a 3% body fat that can literally <laughs> probably suplex this building. Um, 
I think my favorite part about The Rock is how he he really gives it his all in every one of his movies. Like, yeah. he genuinely every movie that he picks, he puts passion behind. Yeah, whether whether it's corny, whether it's you know, I mean, I can't say that I can think of a movie that he's been in where I'm like, oh man, that script was phenomenal. Right. Like, or even like that movie was like, it's gonna be up for an Oscar. Like, right. He's, he's still, not there he, yet. He hasn't gotten there yet. No. But he's gotta I will be president say, first, and then he can come back and go for the Oscar. But like you said, he is committed. He's all in to whatever he's doing. He's all into it, and you've got to respect that. And I think it pays off. I mean, that's what allows you to still want to keep coming back and watching his films. Definitely. Because if he was just this guy with a huge personality, former wrestler, that kind of thing, that does all these big over the top action movies, but he was terrible at acting, like. He wouldn't probably be really want to go. Exactly. He'd, he'd be Hulk Hogan. He'd still get some jobs in some B-movies where they'd sure. put him in just because it's sure. fun to have him in there. Um, and then 20 years later, he'll get into a big lawsuit with a website because he <laughs> said some racist shit. Who knows? But no, like the guy has the skill set. But he's also limited by the body that he's in, Yeah, frankly. Um, which is what I think might be really interesting for his upcoming movies because he's doing the Jungle Cruise where he's actively said he needs to lean down and cut weight because it's set in like the 20s and there wasn't jacked dudes like that in the 20s. I'm interested to see what a lean down rock is though. Uh, it, well, I mean, I don't think he's going uh, McConaughey on No, he ain't going McConaughey, but maybe he goes like WrestleMania like 30 or 31, or WrestleMania 29. So like Rocky McAvia days? No, because he was still had a little pudge around him. He was still, he, like a wrestler can't be as jacked, we're going to get off track already. <laughs> a wrestler can't can't be as jacked as The Rock is. They need a, a certain body fat percentage for what they do, like just to take bumps and stuff. Um, so when The like you go back and you look at The Rock in his heyday of wrestling, he was not super jacked. You know, he, he, he had a little... Every man looked to him. I I hesitate to call it Pudge being an, an overweight, you know, curly-headed motherfucker myself, but like he has since turned full bodybuilder, you know, whatever it may be. So, um I'm interested to see where that comes in. Moving on, kind of some of the other aspects. Um I did want to talk about the good guys for a second because I in, actually enjoyed this aspect very much. Like I really I really liked that Nev Campbell was yes, he she plays the wife and the mother, but she's three tours in Afghanistan, she's a navy surgeon, she's super capable as well. And that's just refreshing. I thought that that was refreshing that not only a is she somebody unlike a Holly Gennaro in Die Hard who needs saving? She's super capable. She can handle her shit. She like shoulder throws some guys. It's fantastic. But also, and and again, this isn't anything we have to focus on. But I appreciated that a this family depicted like a healthy biracial family, like <laughs> a, a father, a mother, two kids. They love each other. Everything is cool. And also, I appreciated that Nev Campbell is 44 and The Rock is 46. Like, they, because back in, it is a well-known action trope that, or movies in general, that the older men usually get the younger woman. I mean, look at all of the Roger Moore, James Bonds. Sure. And so I actually liked that. Like, I liked that, that they cast the, you know, age appropriate and they kept everything there. I liked the kids. The kids were fine. They weren't shitty. They weren't annoying. Um, even the cops were capable. Um, Inspector Ryu played by, not his name isn't Ryu. His name is Wu, but he's played by Byron Mann who played Ryu in Jean-Claude Van Damme's Street Fighter. <laughs> Don't think I didn't, I didn't notice that. Um, he was good. Like all the cops were good. Like I thought all the bad, good guys were capable. Um, and now, and and I enjoyed that. Like I enjoyed that, and I think the best parts of the movie, and I think you would agree with me, but were the disaster aspects. I think the fire, the the crumbling building, the scene in the big um like greenhouse area with the bridge, that was the most effective shit in the movie to me. Do you do you agree on that? And and we'll get into the terrorist stuff in a little bit. But if I had to divide it by disaster stuff or terrorist stuff. I think the disaster stuff was really well done. Yeah, I think, and the disappointing part in that is that that was what was 
previewed like crazy. That's very um, true. So like even like the big scene where he jumps off the crane. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is all stuff that we saw in the trailers. Um, and those are some of the most intense moments. Um, and everything around creating this effect of height, um, which is a big part of this movie. Sure. Um, getting that feeling of, you know, wooziness of we're super high here and, and being able to transfer that to the audience and that's viewing it. I think they did a great job at that. And I think, like you said, um, the drama of the fire and all that kind of stuff was all great. Um, and you could see that's where the most significant investment in this movie was made. Sure, certainly. Um, not just from a time standpoint, but from a obviously dollar standpoint too to pull that off. Yeah, definitely. I think, and 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 I liked how like they like logistically, you know, despite the fact that you know this is supposed to be the most secure you know building in the world, and they we have all these fire systems and and everything like that. Like, they establish that, but then they, in my opinion, effectively knock out some of those things to let that fire actually rise. The fire actually rose a lot higher than I thought it would. Like, I thought that that movie was really only going to be, like, three or four floors on fire. So, to see it get as crazy as it did, I actually enjoyed that a lot. And I liked how they used certain fire chemicals versus other fire chemicals, things like that. Like, that was smart. Um... All of the scenes that they showed in the previews were the the big the big parts of the movie. The crane scenes, excellent. Mm-hmm. It's also, I don't know if this is a spoiler, so I apologize if it is, but it's not nearly as long of a jump as they put in the previews. In the previews, he's jumping like 50 feet. <laughs> and in the film itself, it's still long, but he's probably jumping 20 feet. Sure. And I've act- there was actually screenshots as I was putting the review together and looking for images to use for the review. The poster, completely fucking bananas inaccurate. <laughs> Not to mention the poster has it set during the day. Um, but also like screenshots from the preview show him flying and there's no crane in the shot and there's no building in the shot. And that's like, well, that's just sure. ridiculous. <laughs> um, the scene where he's climbing outside the building was was really good. Um the whole fire sequence in the garden was really good, but you alluded to this. This is where they clearly put the majority of their effort into. Yeah. Because the thing that this movie does not do well at all are its villains, its terrorists, either in character or in plot. Like until he until until it's revealed exactly what they're going after, mm-hmm. none of it lands. None of it is effective, right? And I know you Correct. you and I, you've already, already talked about this a little bit. Yeah, well, I just think, okay, it's been, it's been said that there's two, in, two main influences of this film. Sure. One was Die Hard. Yep. And the other was Towering Inferno. Yep. Um, one of the things about any of these movies in this genre, Die Hard, even the knockoff Die Hards, all of them um, named Cliffhanger, Under Siege, The Rock, Speed, all of them. All of those have iconic bad guys. Yes. Guys that most of the time you learn to hate very quickly. Sure. Like it's easy to hate them. At the very least, they're played by iconic actors. Like I know that the guy in Cliffhanger's name is Eric Quaylen. Nobody knows that. Everybody knows it's John Lithgow. Sure, exactly. Um, but even, you know, you get into Hans Gruber, like Hans, everybody, everybody knows that name. Yes. Like, and so you have all these iconic bad guys and you're introduced to who we're assuming is the main bad guy in this film early on. And he's foreign. Check that box. Check that box. Um, great. Even though we're in Asia, he's not Asian. Nope. (laughs) Um, nope. You got to have Eastern European villains, David. I don't care where you're at. You got to have Eastern European villains. But that's the thing is they check that box of that Eastern European villain. And that's it. But there's very little time like, um, you know, and and we won't go too far into this yet as far as spoilers. But like you don't get like that like ruthless kill of someone where you're, you know, like there always seems to be that where they like – off someone or, or they do something super sleazy you right. know or whatever or you know put specific people in danger like even when they grab the kid which you see in the previews mm-hmm. that they grab the, the kid the kid like there's never like 
that scene where there's like the gun to the head of the kid. Sure. And it's like, we're going to we're going to get real specific in spoilers here because this, I think, is a big, big weak point of the film. But you're the, right. He never does anything. He never does anything cunning. Like Hans has that moment where I mean, Hans checks all the boxes off to almost to compare it to Hans Gruber is almost unfair. But when you make a film like this, you're, you have to it's. You know you're, what you're setting yourself up for. Like, I kept waiting for who's the main bad guy. Right, because like this time. guy's a henchman. He seemed more like a henchman. Yes. And, and he even is a henchman because they say that he is basically the muscle for, for crime, families. crime families. Right. So, like, but you never see the crime families. No. Like, you just see the muscle. He doesn't even have a memorable name. His, his name's Chorus Botha or Botha. Yeah. Like... That's not a Hans Gruber. I'm sorry. Like no. that's not a memorable name. It's played. He's played by Roland uh, Moeller, who's. Listen, all apologies to Roland. Roland could would have made a fantastic lead henchman. He is. He's a. He's a pretty. He's pretty decent lead henchman. But the thing is, is you could have even made him technically if you really wanted to. If you're restricted budget, couldn't get big name, whatever. If you wanted to make him the main bad guy, sure. then give him a chance to be a main bad guy. Right. Like, there was times where you were confused, like, is he the main bad guy? Right. Is the suit, which I won't spoil who that is, the main bad guy? Right. Is it the girl that's out there? Like, right. Who? Who's the main bad guy here? Who's the main leader? And they kind of tell you it's him, but it doesn't, it's not backed up by what happens in the film. Exactly. And and that's the big thing with these movies. One of the things that it makes, a, to me, and, and maybe you agree with this, maybe not. I like looking at villains as if it's a video game. You have the main boss and the main boss needs to be the biggest, baddest mofo in the land. And then you have the sub bosses, the middle level bosses that you fight. All three of the main quote unquote big villains in this film are sub bosses you know um and they would be decent sub bosses if they were given any chance to have any personality none of the other crew have personality they're all just nameless mercenaries yep there's no unique like you look at cliffhanger cliffhanger's got like the fucking english soccer guy it's got the black guy it's got the the, the two-faced fbi agent it's got the lady pilot like they fill these archetypes yeah. and they kind of do a decent job here of filling the archetypes like there's the 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 ruthless asian chick okay i'm into that kind of there's the skinny hacker dude who you know we'll get into that a little more but but yeah they're just the villains just didn't register for me it just wasn't enough and not only that but i never believed that any of them could take on the rock like no the rock one-legged is gonna beat you yeah, like is is gonna beat your ass. So that that was, and and I feel like that. I, I didn't I didn't care for. There's some other stuff in this film, just in terms of plotting, that I didn't care for. Um, I think the direction was perfectly fine. Uh, do you know who directed this? Uh, got, I remember seeing the name, but uh, Rossin Marshall Thurber. I asked because do you know what else Rossin Marshall Thurber has done? You know, I remember looking it up, but I can't remember okay. off at this, this moment. This is okay. I'm not trying to trap you. Um, it's he did Central Intelligence with with The Rock. He him and him That's and The right. Rock get a very good working relationship. Apparently, Ross and Marshall Thurber has a permanent pass for me because his first film, his feature directorial debut, he wrote and directed Dodgeball, a true underdog story. That is that is you've you've given yourself a lot of wiggle room in my book, and so. I actually think he does a, a very, very capable job directing this action movie. I think he does a very capable job directing the big disaster moments. And I think he does a very capable job of directing all the action and the fights and things like that. But because he also wrote this film, I have to knock him because the villains were just weak sauce. Yeah. There's no other way to put it. It's like they focused on developing The Rock and his family. And they did good. And they focused on emphasis on the building yep. and the technology of the building. Yep. The, the different set pieces. Greatness of the building. Exactly. The different settings in the building. And then they kind of forgot that, like, we have bad guys that we're right. supposed to. Like, I thought at first when they weren't really committing a ton to the bad guys early on, like, we didn't get. Normally you have, like, that background. Like, in this, the most that we got was. 
when they first get into the building. And mm-hmm. I won't talk about how they get in, that kind of thing. But normally you have like something outside of that place that like kind of sets them up. Usually sure. you're not introduced to them right away in there. And not sure. always, but a lot of times you have something to like, okay, here's who's the bad guy in this film. Right. Or at least here's some of the bad guys. Sometimes right. they reveal There's an the ana- bad guy that's like, been hiding in plain sh- sight. It's, yeah, it's entrance music. It's like they get a big entrance. But it's like... I thought, okay, well, maybe we're not really making this about the bad guys. Maybe those guys are going to go away fairly early. Sure. And it's going to turn into The Rock versus sure. the skyscraper. Which it was... Like overcoming maybe some of the technology going bad. Sure. You know, the fire, all that kind of stuff. Like, I thought, okay, maybe this... That's why they're not committing like we're gonna... to these bad guys, because that's going to be secondary sure. to just all the different things he has to do against the building. Sure. Um but they never really went fully into that either. And when you got to the climax, it was still about the bad guys. So it's like, you know, it was, it was, it was like they weren't fully committed to either direction. Yeah. Yeah. They really kind of halved it. And I think it really, I think it really hurts the film. And so with that being said, because we don't want to go super long here, um, what is your, what I'm interested, what is your popcorn? For those of you who don't know the popcorn rating, we do a little bit different. We do burnt popcorn, we do stale popcorn, we do microwave popcorn, we do movie theater popcorn, and we do perfect popcorn. And that basically, burnt is avoid it, stale, don't pay for it, microwave, it's a decent rental, movie theater, see it in the theater at some point, and then perfect popcorn is go see it immediately. So where does Skyscraper fall on the popcorn rating for you? You know, for me, I, I've got to give it a microwave popcorn, okay. three popcorn. Uh, if if I did three popcorn and a Coke, that might be... Sure. I might do it just because of the job that The Rock does. Sure. Because I do think he's great in this. Yeah. Um, but I think there's just too many holes in... Too many missed opportunities. Yeah, too many missed opportunities. This could have been... I don't know that it had the capability to be a perfect popcorn. Maybe. Maybe if you got like an iconic bad guy and well, yeah, they I just mean, crushed it. Yeah. But let's call it what it is. Like, you know, Die Hard is is one movie from this genre that you could maybe call pop, perfect, perfect popcorn. popcorn. But there's not many out there no. in this genre that you're going to call perfect popcorn. No, you're going to say go see it in the theater. But saying it's like on that level. Right. Um, probably not. No. So, there's very... It's a very difficult task to make this type of movie on that level. Yeah. So for me, it's it's microwave popcorn. I think if you like The Rock, um, it's definitely worth. I mean, we're we're movie theater type of people that feel like there's a big difference and a big reason why you should see movies in the theater. Definitely. And so I I will always say, you know, definitely if you're a Rock fan, go and see it in the yeah. theaters because there's just that much better experience. Yeah, it's a especially, spectacle movie. Especially a movie that's based a lot around special effects, you're just not going to get that same feeling when you're sitting at home right. watching it on your 30-inch, 40-inch, 50-inch yeah, screen. Yeah, or sitting on a plane watching it on your 8-inch screen or whatever yeah. it is. Like, you're going to miss something from it. But at the same time, like, I'm not saying like rush out and get there before it's out of the theaters. No. If you miss it in the theaters, you're not missing like an all-timer. Yeah, usually those perfect popcorn movies are movies that you not only see in the theaters, but you go back to see in the theaters, things like that. I agree. I'm giving it microwave popcorn as well. This is probably going to be the movie that finally forces me to institute a half a halfway rule, which will be just a, a, a soda. You know, it'll be, it'll be microwave popcorn and a soda. Um, because... I think, like you said, the things that it does well, I think it does really well. I think it does the disaster elements really well. The fire was really compelling. The building was compelling. His family was compelling. The rock is fucking great, as usual. But the villains are such an in- integral part or an integral part of this type of movie that to completely whiff on those, that's that's too, that loses two popcorns. I think that that... That yeah, that matches it. So, so that's where we're at, non-spoilers wise. Before we get into spoilers, I want to remind everybody who's listening, as always, that you can subscribe to this podcast for free and get it delivered to your smartphone, to your tablet, wherever you listen to podcasts, by going to the Popcorn Diet and hitting subscribe. Go ahead and do that. Do us a favor, like us, rate, give us a rating. We really, really appreciate it. Share with your friends if you know anybody who absolutely loves movies. We want them to be a part of the. 
the Popcorn Diet community. Also, speaking of being part of the Popcorn Diet community, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at the Popcorn Diet, where you can find all of our new reviews, all of our episodes, all of our, I mean, on our Twitter page, we're, we're tweeting out any new cool news, any new trailers. So we have that all on our social media. And then last but certainly not least, all of our stuff, all of our episodes, all of our reviews can be found on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. So now we're going to get into the spoilers a little bit. And I feel like we're just going to go spoiler heavy on on talking about these bad guys and the, and the real lacking elements of, of what we're missing here. So before we do that, I do want to talk about the shit that we liked in this movie. We've already talked about the big action scenes I thought the crane scene's really good. Like, it, even though they showed it literally in the preview, like, I thought that that whole thing was really good. Um, even Dad and I leaned over and we were like, did he climb that entire fucking crane mm-hmm. up 96 stories? But then they showed that it was on top of a building. Yeah. So I appreciated that kind of thing. Um, one of my favorite parts of the film, and obviously my dad loved this being from a construction background, was his liberal use of duct tape. Yeah. Um, and I love the scene where after he jumps in through the crane, like that's it's that scene of John McClane in the bathroom, like stitching himself up like he's patching himself up. He's beat up. He's got to fix his fucking leg. He's got that gigantic shard. He's got to pull out and tape up and duct tape up. I thought that was a really good way of showing, you know, oh, shit, the rock's getting beat up in this movie. Like he's it's tough for him. So that was really effective. Mm-hmm. That was probably one of my more um, more favorite scenes that wasn't like a big action scene. Yeah. I enjoyed the uh, when he had to go into the turbines and, and do mm-hmm. the uh, manual switch off to open the door. As fucking ridiculous as that was. It was very ridiculous. But you expect that from a film like this. Sure. Um, Director said that was an homage to the... To the chompers in Galaxy Quest. Oh, nice. He said he yeah, loves Galaxy yeah. Quest, so that was his his thing for that. I like it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they created good drama in those scenes like that and the, the crane. Um, other than that, I mean, everything was just good. I mean, there's nothing that's super memorable other than those two scenes for me. Right. Um, I thought it was, it, even though it was predictable, where they were going to go with a lot of the things. They mm-hmm. kind of had the, a lot of pretty heavy-handed foreshadowing in mm-hmm. a lot of things, um, like the whole cell phone. Turn it, turn it most on, things turn it are, back on, turn most it off. Most things are fixed by turning it off and then turning it back on. Yeah. I just thought it was funny how we have, like, this hacker that, like, sets this up and, you know, all you had to do was turn it turn off, it and, off and, and turn it, turn it back, back on, on again. So there's little things like that. Um, obviously, you had you had a pretty strong feeling when they ended up in that sphere uh, sphere at the top. Yeah. Um, earlier in the movie. When, You're like, this is definitely when he's like, coming back. I'm not standing over here. Like, I right. kind of had a feeling that was going to come into play. Definitely. It's so, all the mirrors. Yeah. So it, those were all fun. But, I mean, to me, those two big kind of rock on the building scenes were the most. Were the best. Were the best and the most like memorable ones from this most definitely and also i mean we we've alluded to it before but this it's not this movie is not a subtle movie this movie literally starts at the beginning with the rock saying i just put down my sword yeah and at the end he glances over to a sword asks the the guy if he has any duct tape and i got fucking excited because I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to duct tape it to his back. Like, I'm so excited. And he didn't duct tape it to his back. He had it duct taped to his leg. But nonetheless, I wanted more of that. Like, to me, there wasn't enough rock versus bad guys. Yeah. Like, it, there wasn't. And, and maybe that fits the character because the character doesn't want to be a fighter anymore. The character doesn't go in trying to stop terrorists. He goes in to save his family. He could give a shit about what these criminals are doing. Yeah. And so while that fits the character, I just don't think it makes that interesting of a movie. Like I want to see the rock take these guys out. There's a shot in the film where he throws a fire. He gets a fire ax, a badass looking fire ax. Yeah. And there's a shot in the trailer in which he throws it. That's not in this movie. I want to no. see him throw a fire ax. At the somebody. extent of how he uses it is to chop, the elevator cord to send it down. Right. And the bridge. He like pries a board off a bridge. He uses the mm-hmm. fire axe very 
much as a utility, as yeah. it should properly be used, so sure, let's be honest. Sure. But I wanted some Howie Long and Firestorm where he like double throws the axe over his head and buries it into the chest of that British we, guy. We did get the sword, though. He literally picked up a sword, so he went away from putting down his sword to picking up True, a sword and he did, quite he literally. He did cut a guy with that. I was, I was, I was into that. I wanted he did. more. He missed, but the guy ended up getting impaled later right. by getting shoved on it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I like we said, there was a lot of, I feel like, missed opportunities. Um, I also felt like because they set up The Rock as kind of like this very – like not depressed character, but kind of like chill. Like he's very, he's... very kind of flatline personality. Well, he's not super confident. No, he's not confident. The like whole... he's not that normal, like rock swag. You know, any of that kind of stuff. Exactly. I feel like because of that, there wasn't that traditional like rock humor in there. Like there wasn't. You had the duct tape punchline. That's literally the only joke I can it's think of. One of the few ones there. I think there was maybe one other one, but I don't remember what it was. But it's like usually when you have a rock movie, like like one of one of the things about it is there's some funny things in there. Right. Like even and you know, I hate to always go back to Die Hard, but like those movies were funny. Sure. Like just the dialogue back and forth and mm-hmm. that. And I feel like that's comes back to, and, and we've been going back to this a lot, so not to beat a dead horse, but it comes back to just the lack of development with the bad guys. There right. wasn't a lot of back and forth. Actually, most of the movie, they were spent not even near each other. Exactly. Or not even talking. Like, there was no walkie-talkie where, like, you're going back and forth right. and making demands and, right. you know, talking crap and all that kind well, of stuff. and I think a big part of what... And this goes back to the script. Um, the goal of like in in Die Hard, and we keep going back to this, and it's fine because that's the comparable movie. Um, in Die Hard, the terrorists are actively trying to stop John McClane because he's a pain in their ass, right? Yeah. This movie, the terrorists aren't have they don't give a shit about the Rock. Yeah. They are actually like let him come to us. Because he can help us. Yeah. They're not trying to kill him. There's no there's no active, like, we hate this guy, we want to kill him. Likewise, The Rock isn't trying to kill terrorists. He doesn't even fucking know there's terrorists. Do you think... Until, like... Do, do you think he would have stayed in the building had he gotten his family? Like, had he had no! all of his family and they got on that elevator? No. Not he's, a chance. He's leaving, he's gone. Like, he yes. could care less that there's... A rich dude up in the penthouse that's probably going to end up dead if he leaves. He doesn't care. Like, he's locked in that penthouse. He's fine. Like, but that's the thing is he's locked in these, he's locked, like, you take The Rock out of this movie. Like, once The Rock leaves the building, the movie's over. The bad guys are not going to get what they want. The good guy is not, the 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 the, the rich Asian dude isn't going to get out of that penthouse. The movie's over. Yeah. You know? And so, And that was another thing that I didn't like. I didn't like that. The, the terrorists were just like, figure out how to open these doors, we'll be on the roof. Like, that's just super boring. Yeah. That's just, from a plot standpoint, is super boring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, going back to their personality, like, the Asian chick, you know, the, the she's evil and cool, doesn't spend a second with The Rock. Well, I thought it was funny even like if we're talking if we're talking missed opportunities or missing elements. Sure. Let's just run through some quickly. Let's do it. You've got skinny hacker. Yes. Very common very very common in a lot of these films. Yep, going White, all the way back White to House Die Hard. Down, we got Die Hard, we got All of them. You know, lots of different films where Boris and Goldeneye. Yep. You all know, of them. Usually they're around for a while. Sure. This dude literally gets about 30 seconds of screen time. And then they kill him, which I thought was at least interesting because it subverts an expectation. But I also liked how we're in, and I'm not trying to make any like sweeping generalities, generalities here, <laughs> but we're in Asia. I got to imagine there's a lot of people good with computers there. Okay. Not saying all Asians are good with computers, but okay. I got to think if they're you're all good at math and they're all bad drivers too, David, if, Jesus. If you're in the crime syndicate, you probably could find someone that's local, not some white dude not from a British dude. Britain to come and I'm hack the only it. one who can open up this system. Great. Boom, shoots him in the head. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's that's so, funny. So you had that. Then you had the uh 
Asian chick that was the other one of the henchmen. She's like a sub boss. Yeah, she's like a sub boss. One, she never makes it to the tower, which is fine. She doesn't have to. Sure. Or to the skyscraper. She's at this place that they're supposedly going to uh, parachute, parachute off, of the top, off and, which and land at, which I, I'm into. Perfectly fine. But she kind of goes down like there's this big shootout yeah. where like there's maybe like six shots fired. Yeah, that um, giant. Even though there's like it's like ten v ten, and yet I can only think of like maybe six or seven gunshots. <laughs> um, and she ends up somehow walking behind. She all flanks them, him, which I was interested yeah. in. I'm like, oh, okay. And then they gave Nev Campbell her due, showing more and more that you know she's capable. Like, yeah, they get in a fight. Someone. She's not that normal like spouse of you know the badass right you know good guy um and they get in a fight great but she kind of goes like all she does is get knocked out and like go off and get arrested like it's not normally what you get from like this this bad guy no. that kills a bunch of people like if, if henchmen it, same thing with uh same thing with the suit so you have noah taylor who's the british invest uh, insurance guy apparently yeah he's in on it and I like, like, okay, we're getting a little variety here. Like, sure. we have this crew of mercenaries, of 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 personality-free mercenaries, except for the one big dude who had that handlebar mustache. And that's what I'm talking about. It's little physical touches. It's little things like, okay, this guy's British, and he's in a three-piece suit. That's all that I care about. Like, he's different. He's got, he's a little bit more of a sniveling personality. But then... Like, him and Nev Campbell go at it, and The Rock just, like, shoulder checks him off a bridge very unceremoniously. Well, that even comes back to... And that's why I think he threw the axe at him in an original cut. I bet you he got cut or something. That's where we come back even to um, Roland, the the main, I guess who you would call the main bad guy. Yeah, he's definitely the main bad guy. He gets basically shouldered off, too. Um, But, at least, like... There's some interesting stuff happening with his. Yeah. I his mean, is easily the, the best death, but it's not. But like, even that, you don't really see it. Like, no. he drops down. And then the grenade blows him up. Yeah. But that's the thing is, is I feel like maybe it's, and and I don't want to compare too much to the two, but like with Will Smith, he's very calculated, right? In what movies he sure, does. Sure, 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 sure. I feel like to some for point. For better or for worse, because yeah, he's picked some stinkers. He has. But I feel like to some point, The Rock with this film, it seems like they were almost like, let's not go too overboard and make this R. Like, let's make this PG-13. Definitely kept it PG-13. Good use of an F word, by the way, I felt. Yeah. I'm going to throw her off the fucking roof. Like, I was into that. (laughs) But I feel like there was some specific scenes, and maybe the axe was part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe that was part of keeping it PG-13. Can't throw an axe into a guy's chest in a PG-13 movie, maybe. But... Even just the deaths in this film, like, were pretty. There was, wasn't a whole lot of them. No, and, they oh, were and there all wasn't a boring. lot that were like shown very well either. No, like the guy going through the sword was probably the most brutal thing that we had. Sure, in there. Um, but you know that's that's where it comes back to. I just feel like there was so many missed opportunities. Like you had the groundwork there. I'm even one. Like I said, you know, sometimes. Big name actors come out of nowhere, and you you get them when you least expect it. Exactly. So like Alan Rickman maybe, wasn't big when Die Hard came out. Exactly. So maybe Roland could have been that guy, but the way that it was written, the way that it was put together, right. there was no chance for me to really care about him. One last thing I did want to ask you. Okay. You could almost say that uh, Chin Hong as... Zhao Long. Zhao Long, the, the the rich billionaire behind building the building. Could he just be the same guy that he was in, in Batman? thousand percent. <laughs> well, that dude's played... So, Chin Han is the... He played uh, Lao in The Dark Knight. That's where he's mostly known yeah. for. Um, but he was also in... He was in... No, what was the other movie? He was in another movie or a TV show. Man, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Maybe it was Arrow or something. Maybe it was when he was on Arrow because he was on Arrow for four episodes. Yeah. But even then, I'm like, this is the he's playing the Dark Knight guy. Same thing is true here. Like he's playing the Dark Knight guy. Like he's, although again, I liked that he was actually a good guy. I also, but I did like that it's almost similar to the Dark Knight in that 
He's got in the, the Dark Knight. And... He had all the crime boss's money. <laughs> yeah. In this, right. he's got he's all got... the crime boss's information, and it's he's using true. it as leverage to keep himself alive. It's super true. Yeah. <laughs> now, see, that's the thing, though. Is I actually so number one to answer your question, one thousand percent. He could definitely be Lao, easily. Um, shit, man. Batman could even take him out of the top of this building. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. When Batman gets him, he's in a big, tall skyscraper that he goes. <laughs> he's got more. He's a... <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Um, but number I like I did actually like his rub. Like when when we finally figured out what he was getting, like, oh, they want a flash drive. And I was like, of course, they want a flash drive. So that's what all the bad guys want now. They don't want money. They want a flash drive. But anyways, <laughs> I liked that he had an algorithm that tracked all of their offshore accounts and gathered all their information. Like I was, I don't know why, but I just liked that. It was something that was diff, slightly different, you know. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much pretty much the same same thing he was doing. Um, yeah, man. I mean, again, you know, we've we've harped a lot. And, and I think the big reason we're harping on this, and this is always, I think this is what makes us a little bit different than a lot of other movie review sites or podcasts or things like that is like, we're not happy about this. Like, I'm not reveling in the fact that, that the bad guys were disappointing in this movie. Like, we're sad about it. It's disappointing. Like, we're, we're we, 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 we wanted more and we didn't get it and it's unfortunate that being said like we're i don't i'm not going to discount this entire movie and say it's a piece of shit like it's got really good if you like the rock you're gonna like this movie yeah um it's perfectly fine and perfectly acceptable but i think that that's a big big thing to to remember when we approach films like it's di i even talked to you about it last night i changed my 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 review overnight when I first wrote the review, I gave it four popcorns. I gave a movie theater popcorn because I'm always willing to give a film the benefit of the doubt. Okay? Always. Even the films I hate, I go in with good expectations. Okay? Mm -hmm. And when I come out and it doesn't meet those expectations, I'm not going to be mad at the film. I'm, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> and so I did. I went back and I changed it to three popcorns because the disappointment was palpable like it was something where i was like man i wish it did these if it did these things better it could be really really good if it did a couple of things better but it just missed the mark yeah well and my thing is is a movie's not a movie's not made to meet your individual expectations like and that's what i feel like a lot of times with Critics. You say like a viewer, not me specifically. Yeah. Okay. Good. Any anybody's. So I was like, like are we I, gonna I, fight I, right now? I, I always feel bad or I always feel annoyed when you read something and it's like, I expected this to happen sure. and it didn't, so this is a bad film. Like sure. I try to take that out of the equation. Obviously I go in with expectations. You can't help well, going with expectations. You can't help but go in with expectations. But at the same time, like I'm fine if a movie does it different than what I was expecting it to do. Sure. But at the same time, like there's certain things, and this movie is an example, that just aren't good. Like the way they did the bad guys in this film just isn't good. It's just it's not, not effective. It's not that it, they had to do it the way that I expected. Like we talked with the, you know, some of these these things, like the Asian chick, the the way the, they handle the British suit guy, the British suit guy, all that kind even of stuff. Even his friend, we didn't even fucking talk about his friend. Who turned out to be not his friend. Who's like, always seems to be a turncoat bad dude, yeah. I feel like. Um, we didn't even talk about him. Yeah, Ben Pablo ben. Schreiber. Pablo Schreiber's like, he's a rising name. He was the yeah. lead bad guy in Den of Thieves. Yeah. And he just gets, a, he, his name is Ben. And yeah. he's out before the 30 minute mark. Yeah. Well, and, and even that was, yeah. Anyways. But yeah, like. I, I feel I, like you could have gotten a whole lot more of that. Like you could have even had like. Like you could have gone the way, and again, they went for 102 minutes, so they didn't even get. To, it's, it's a short movie. It's a short film. Yeah, but like you could have even had, and and not to go back to like standard plot lines, right? But like you technically don't see him die in the apartment. Like you could have him show up and be like, you know, I'm like back. There's, ah. there's there's other things that you could have done to make these bad guys so much more. Uh, effective in well, the film. Well, remember, nobody's that. walking out of this movie saying Chorus both is like the greatest film. Well, like I told you no after I saw it, because I saw it before you, I couldn't even remember the guy's name. No. Like, I could tell you what he looked like. Right. 
but that was about it. And I feel like that's even with the henchmen. Like you said, there was the one guy that had a reoccurring scene. All of them were in multiple scenes, but there's only one guy that I can think of because he had the mustache. Right. And, and there was one bald guy with a beard who he looked was, like a wrestler. He I was know. in that one scene chasing the kid and has like a single line. Like we're know. the good guys. Yeah. Which I actually, again, I thought that was an, like that was one line that I thought was an interesting rub because like this family doesn't know if they're good or bad. Same with the British guy. He just shows up and starts being shitty with with the family. He could have, like, if they would have had any bit of cunning and the ability to play it cool, that would have been interesting. But again, I agree with you. I think it's okay to have expectations for movies. That's natural. That's what everybody does. Oh, I'm going to see this movie expecting it to be good. That's why we're going to see a movie. But... If those expectations are not met, I think my biggest issue with people who review it is that they become actively angry at the film. Yeah. Like, I am angry that you did not do it this way. I'm not angry at what they did. Like I said, I'm just disappointed. Just wasn't that effective for me. I love The Rock. I, I always feel like apologizing to The Rock. Like, well, I'm sorry, The Rock. I didn't love this movie as much as I wanted to love it. But I will still see everything that you're in. Well, and that's the thing is you spend all this time making a movie. You spend $129 million, You have The Rock in it. Yeah. Like, it just feels like a missed opportunity. Sure. Like, this movie was okay. It could have been good or great. Could have been great. Like, could have been great. Like, you you had the pieces in place to make it great. Um, even someone like Nev Campbell, who, you know, I had my doubts about her going into it. Like, sure. Pleasantly how, surprised. How, I was pleasantly surprised by the job that she did and in this film. And that's expectation. Yeah. That's expectation being met and exceeded yeah. versus expectation being not met and disappointed. Yeah. So it is what it is, you know? But I think that's going to probably do it for for Skyscraper. We got a hell of a month ahead of us. We got Equalizer 2. We got Mission Impossible Fallout. July is looking jam-packed for leading man action movies. We're, I'm pumped for it. Um, so that's what we're Mission doing. Impossible getting tons of love. Oh my god, dude. We're gonna be in Boston for our Mission Impossible episode, our annual Boston episode where we or our annual end of July where you and I are on the road together episode. I'm very excited about that as well. But uh that will do it for Skyscraper. As always, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at the Popcorn Diet. Like, rate, subscribe, share this wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We're now on TuneIn. If you want to listen to us in your Tesla, you can do that as well. Um, and then of course, all of our latest reviews, articles, and podcasts are always posted to our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the newly minted father of two Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson. And we'll see you next time with another good movie on a popcorn diet. Adios.